you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 17 today. And uh, I, we're going, as we're looking and preparing at the Christmas season, getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ, as we do this, I, want to, I think it's important that we look first at why Christ came. And if you look today, the, today's sermon is titled, The Gospel in Our Town. And, and what this really is, is part of this is um, an evangelism initiative that we are um, trying to see happen all across our association uh, of, of all Southern Baptist churches in the area um, of sharing the gospel in our town. And we're going to get more into what that looks like as we go into it. So let's start by reading Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 17. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not, they, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for uh, this day that you've given us, this time where we can just come together and look at your word and see what it says to us, see what you are saying to us and calling us to do in our lives. Lord, I pray that as we examine ourselves, as we look at your word and see how our lives compare to what you call us to do, I pray that you would convict each of us, that you would help show us what you would be calling us to do this morning, how you would be calling us to respond to what your truth says to us today. God, I pray that you would help us to live uh, just so consumed by our love for you and, and, and rejoicing in what you've done and, and help us to focus on what you call us to do in response to that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look at this, the main reason that Christ came, why did Christ come to earth? Why do we celebrate Christmas? It's the birth of Christ. But why was Christ born? What was the reason that Jesus came? Why did he leave heaven as we sang, as we heard sung in those songs? Why did Christ come down to earth? The reason is so that we might be reconciled to God, right? This is the gospel. The first thing that we need to understand is that the main thing is the gospel. The, the point, the entire culmination of everything in scripture everything that from the beginning points toward and everything after points back to is what jesus did on the cross the good news the good work of what jesus has done and that word gospel means good news what is the good news that lost sinners have a way of being reconciled to god so the main thing the reason christ came is because of the gospel because of the work that he did on the cross through which we can be reconciled to god sinners like you and me are lost can be made right with God if we'll believe in what Christ has done. That's what we see in this passage. 
If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Your sin. How? Because of what Jesus has done. Right. So this is what the gospel contains. It's very simple. That's the beauty of it. It's a very simple truth. The first thing we have to acknowledge is our sin. We've talked about this, right? We are all sinful and separated by God because of our sin. And we talked about this on Wednesday night, how we are sinful. We do sinful things. That's often what we think about when we talk about sin is the actions that we do. But those actions are overflows and they come from our sinful heart that must be made right. So our sin has separated us from God. Just like any person that has wronged you probably breaks the relationship and hurts the relationship. Our sin has separated us from God, has broken that relationship. But because God loved us, because of His great mercy toward us, His grace toward us, God has made a way so that we can be made right with Him. So we see God's providence in spite of and in the face of our sin. John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the world. Right? That's what that means. Because God loved the world, because God loved you, because He loved all of the people in the world, what did He do? He sent His only Son. The reason we celebrate Christmas, the reason there is a Christmas season, is because God loved the world. Why did He send His Son? Just to be here? No, so that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. So this good news, this providence that God has made is that His Son would come and do the work that we could not, could conquer sin, could bring us back to Him so that whoever believes would not be punished or or perish, but have eternal life. Because of God's love for us, He made a way that we could be saved. And, And what do we see here? That the next part of that is our response. Whoever believes in Him. God has done the work. This work has been done so that you can be made right with Him, but you can believe or reject it. But if you believe, you will be saved. You'll be justified before God to then be sanctified, made like God. you made like Christ, be conformed to His image. But we get to the main part of this. The gospel is the main thing the main reason, the, the climax of the Bible. Everything points toward it and everything points back toward it after it happened. You may have heard this quote before. It was originally probably best attributed to Stephen Covey in the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Have you heard that quote before? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. A lot, of, a lot of times, and I think in that context, it was mostly about when you have a goal in your life and you have something you're trying to do, the goal, what you have to do if you want to be successful is to keep that main thing, the main thing. It's a lot of main things in that phrase. But how does that apply to our life with the gospel? The gospel is the main thing. It's what God was working toward in Christ. It's what we are celebrating today. That's why we gather each Sunday. That's why we take up the, the Lottie Moon offering, is to, to share the gospel. It's the main thing. And so if it is the main thing to God, it should be the main thing in our lives. And in our lives, we should make sure we live as though it is the main thing. The reason we exist, our, our purpose is to glorify God. And God's glory is most evident to man in the work of the gospel work of Christ on the cross. 
And so because of this, we should celebrate the gospel. It should be the main thing to us personally in how we live our lives, our, our personal motivations. It should, be, it should motivate how we think, act, and live our lives and the choices we make. But it should also be the main thing to us interpersonally, how we interact with those around us. Because of what Christ has done, the way we interact with others should be changed. So we see in this, the story of the gospel, what our responsibility is. The main thing people need is the gospel. And this passage points out to where we come into play in this scenario. Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? See, the gospel has the power to save, but faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. What we are called to do in this is to proclaim the gospel to people so they can hear it and believe so that they might be saved. So there's a responsibility for people to respond to the gospel, but in order to respond, they must hear the gospel. And for people to hear the gospel, someone must preach the gospel. And that does not mean a preacher on a Sunday morning. One thing that's, that's, I think, pretty clear in Scripture is when the church gathers together, the main purpose is to, to worship God and to glorify Him and to be edified, built up through the preaching of the Word. And so we do proclaim and we lean on the gospel. Why? Because it's the main thing. But this is a gathering of believers. And unbelievers are welcome, and I, we hope that they hear and they see the gospel through our lives. But this is not an, 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 primarily an evangelistic time. We do evangelize during this time. But when do we preach? Everywhere we go, the gospel should be preached. All Christians are called to share the gospel with others. Our lives should be gospel-oriented. And I hope that is a part of the reason you're at this church. Or if you have been other places that you're a part of the Southern Baptist Church, you might, you might be wondering that, why would, why would I be a Southern Baptist? Why does it matter? It, it's not like it's the only place you can be and be a Christian. Why am I a Southern Baptist? I'm, I'm grateful to God. That was one of our questions in Sunday school. How has God had providence in your life? And that I kind of fell into the Southern Baptist Church. A friend invited me when I was in middle school. Didn't grow up in the Southern Baptist Church. But do you know what I've discovered? Is that the Southern Baptist Church is an extremely gospel-oriented denomination. So what does that mean? Every Sunday, anytime you give a gift, if you tithe to the church, there is a portion of that that no matter what, automatically is going to go to the Southern Baptist Convention through the cooperative program. Every time you give to this church, you're supporting missions. Whether you designate it for that or not. When you give to the Lottie Moon offering or the Annie Armstrong offering, 100% of those gifts go to supporting missions and those pro the proclamation of the gospel. The whole reason that the Southern Baptist Convention exists is to cooperate together to spread the gospel to the world. That's a good thing. So I hope part of your motivation, if it wasn't before, part of your motivation of being here is because it's a gospel-oriented church. That's what we want to be, is a church that is focused on the gospel. Not on ourselves, not on what we like, our preferences, but the gospel. But despite this, because that's the thing, is you can be a part of a gospel-oriented church and you can give to missions and think, I've done my part. That's a part of it. You should want to be a part of a gospel-oriented church, but giving and supporting the gospel does not excuse us from participating in the gospel work ourselves. 
Everywhere we go and everything we do, we are ambassadors for God. If we claim to be a Christian, we wear that label everywhere we go, and we should be proclaiming Christ in the way we live and in the way we speak to others. Seeking to reconcile people to Him to proclaim the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for God, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. All of, that, all of what that means is God made a way through Christ for people to be saved, to be in right relationship with God. Even though they sinned, even though they're far away, God's bringing them back through Jesus. And in this, God has given us the task of telling people about it, of telling them the good news. You can be right with God. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how messed up you've made your life, you can be right with God. And so we implore you. So we go tell people, hey, I'm speaking on behalf of God. He wants you. He loves you. He wants you to be right with him. That's our job. We give and we support missions. We we, we are part of a, of a gospel-oriented denomination. We, we see how missions work and, and go and the gospel's being spread. But we have to do it too in our own lives. This does not mean that, you're, that we're all going to become missionaries or evangelists or pastors or Sunday school teachers or deacons or fill in the blank of whatever role you, you hold in high esteem. It doesn't mean you have to be something. It demands you do something. And whatever you do, however you serve God, whatever roles you play in your life, you're called to share the wonderful truth of what Jesus has done with others. Now, this doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we'll always do it as faithfully as we should. And too often, I think that we might think that it's work for someone else. Well, someone else will do it. Or you might feel convicted that you should talk to someone and share with them about what you believe about Christ. And, you, oh, well, I'm sure someone else will do that. This is why we must consistently evaluate ourselves and see how well we fulfill the great commission that God's given us. We need to evaluate ourselves when it comes to how well we are doing this. So this whole idea of the gospel in our town, what does it mean? We want to see the gospel present in our town. That's the, when we look at the structure of how this works, the, the IMB, the International Mission Board that we're supporting through this, they focus on spreading the gospel through the nations across the world. And the North American Mission Board that we do with Annie Armstrong, that's the, the gospel all across the U.S., especially focusing on lost cities, cities that don't have a big gospel presence. How do we reach everybody else? How do we reach Evansville? You know whose job that is? That's ours. And so we need to evaluate how well we're doing this and how often we are seeking to lead people to know Christ. So this idea of the gospel in our town is seeking to track how many gospel conversations that we have. So what does that mean? What's a gospel conversation? It's a conversation with the intention to share the gospel. Because I tell you, the hard thing about sharing the gospel is a lot of times you don't get that far. Maybe you talk to somebody and you want to share the gospel with them and they shut you down. Or you want to share the gospel with somebody and maybe they're already a Christian. That's a good thing, right? You're were, you were obedient and it, was, it ended well. A gospel conversation is a conversation with the intention to share the gospel. Now when I say that, share the gospel... Not to invite someone to church, that's not your end goal. Maybe you do it. 
Your end goal is not to just tell them what you believe or to start an argument or win an argument. The, go- the point of the conversation, if you have the ability and the opportunity, is to share the gospel with them. So gospel conversations, we're going to begin to track those. It's anonymous. It's up to you to, to report it for yourself. We're gonna, starting in the new year, we're going to have an interactive display where you can, every time you have a gospel conversation, you can interact with it. And we can see as a church how many gospel conversations we're having throughout the year. But how many should we have? How, how often should we do this? How often should we talk about the gospel? One study showed that um, on average, people have 27 conversations a day lasting about 10 minutes each. Now, this is an average, right? But you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, well, I don't really have that many conversations each day. I don't really talk that much, but it's an average, right? So we do know there's people that do talk that much. Or talk enough to make up for what you don't talk, right? So, on average, 27 conversations a day lasting 10 minutes each. So, for one person, that means each year they have 9,855 conversations. So, if we just took our average attendance and multiplied it by that, it means within one year, our church, the people of our church, have 640,575 conversations. That's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of talking. The question we have to ask ourselves, out of all of these conversations that we have in a year, how many of them have the intention of sharing the gospel with another person? I'm not talking about talking with church friends and talking about Jesus and building them up. That's good, and we should do that. I'm not talking about inviting people to church, though it's good and we should do that. I'm talking about Seeking to share with someone the hope that you have in Jesus. Whether you're successful or not, you might be shot down immediately. You might share with someone who's already a Christian, but are you being faithful and seeking to have conversations that lead people to Jesus? Right? Because if the gospel is the main thing, if it's the main reason we're here, it's the, we've been saved by it, I want you to think about that. If you were driving on your way and you, and you saw that a bridge was out, it doesn't matter how bad you need to be on the other side of that bridge, you're not going to keep driving, right? You're going to turn around and go a different way. That's like the gospel that when we see the sin in our life, no matter how much we enjoyed where we were going, we realize this is better, we're going to go a different way. We're going to follow Christ. As you're driving away from that bridge being out, you'd be very callous not to tell other people about it. When we look at our lives, when we look at what we're doing, it would be very callous for not to share the hope that we have in our life. See, the thing I think is very true is that we talk about the things that we care about. Within a few minutes of meeting somebody, you're pretty well able to figure out whether they're married, because they're going to talk about their spouse if they have a spouse, because they talk about what we care about. They have children, because we talk about what we care about, what sports teams they like or don't like. You're going to find out pretty quickly what people care about. Why? That's what they're going to talk about. So if we care about God, if we care about what Jesus has done for us, if it has affected our heart and changed it, we've got to talk about it. And not just are we people who talk about what we care about, we're really good at bringing it up, right? We're really easy at working. Oh, you know, I had a friend or I had, my, my kids did something so silly the other day. Like you can bring it up. It's easy. You find ways to work it into the conversation because you want to talk about it. It matters to you. You want to talk about these things that have happened, these things that matter to you. 
And so it's intimidating to share the gospel, but if we care about it, we're going to be able to talk about it, to find ways to, to bring it into a conversation. Oh, yeah, I know a person from church that did something like that. Do you, do you happen to go to church anywhere? What do you believe about that? There's ways you can bring the gospel into conversations. And it might be hard. It might feel jarring, but it's, it's pretty jarring to, to bring up other things you like, but you do it because you care about it. We should talk about it. So starting in this new year, and I'm doing that intentionally, we've got a month. As we celebrate Christ's coming, we remember primarily why Christ came. That was so that we might be saved. And so in this month, I'm not telling you to wait until the new year to start having gospel conversations. But my hope is that when we have this display that's going to go up, and I'm not 100% sure exactly what it's going to look like, but it'll make sense of how you interact with it. My hope is that we'll start off with some momentum. We'll have some gospel conversations that have already happened in this month of December. You're going to celebrate Christmas, hopefully, with your family. I know that in a lot of our families, we have people that are lost that you can seek to have a conversation with. You see your neighbors, your family, your friends, your coworkers. Every day we have opportunities. We can pray and seek for even more opportunities. And so if we're going to set a goal for it, I w- I, the main reason is to evaluate ourselves. As we go through this year, we'll see how well we are sharing the gospel. Not as individuals. I'm not trying to have everybody have a report card and hold it up here and say, well, so-and-so is doing really well, but this person's really lagging behind. No, as a church, how well do we share the gospel? I think a really simple goal that hopefully we should exceed is that every single day, someone from our church in this year is going to have a gospel conversation. That's 365. That's not a lot when you think of the 640,000 conversations we're going to have this year. That's a goal, I think, that we can set. So as we prepare for Christmas, as we think about what Christ has done for us, as we celebrate the baby in the manger, let's remember why He came. That Because God loved the world, He sent His only Son, so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. And if you're sitting here today, and you're hearing all this about the gospel and the good news of what Jesus has done and the idea of sharing it doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't know if you've believed it. Right? Following God is not about going to church. It's not about what your parents believe. It's not about an intellectual idea. It's about realizing your sin in your life. Realizing and believing what Jesus has done. Repenting and believing and making Him your Lord and Savior. Here, Lord means He's in charge and Savior means He's saved you from your sin. If that's not something you've done this morning, the very best way you can start and and celebrate Christmas is to turn to the one that came to save you. But if you have done that, if you do know him this morning, take a moment to think through your life. Think through this past year. How many gospel conversations did you have? How many times did you attempt to share the gospel with someone? I'm not saying you had to present it and they had to reject it or believe. I'm saying how many times did you seek to talk to someone about what you believe, about what, they, about what can happen if they'll believe in Christ. And how can you commit from here forward to talk about it because you care about it? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for 
this day that you've given us, this time that we can just come together and we can celebrate through the, the singing of songs of, of just the, the joy of what you've, you've done for us, the, the joy of Christmas, Lord. God, I thank you for the birth of Christ and, and because it's because you loved us and you made a way for us to be saved. And God, I pray that that love that you had for us will motivate within us a love for the world the same way that you love the world so that we will not be ashamed of the gospel because we know it is the power of God to, uh, for, for salvation for anyone who believes. That you would help us to, to lay down anything that would hold us back from sharing and talking about you and that we would be faithful in doing that. And God, I pray that if anyone does not know you this morning, if they have not made a decision to repent of their sins and believe in you, that today would be the day they would be saved. It's not about just knowing things or, or attending church, but it's about having a relationship with you. And I pray if anyone does not know you today, they would, they would turn to you for the first time this morning. God, convict us and help show us how we can follow you faithfully in this coming year and how we can adequately respond to the gospel and what you've done in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.